Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everyone, to the Lay the Points podcast. I am your host, Kendall Caps. I'm actually flying solo this week. Jordan, our co-host, is dealing with some off-the-field off the issues. We wish Jordan and his family well. Uh, I'd like to dive right into the NFL Week 8 lines and take a look. Let's start off in the AFC South with a matchup with the Tennessee Titans, giving one and a half at the Houston Texans, over-under sitting at 40 and a half. When I take a look at this game, there's really two things to look at. Houston's rush defense, which is almost historically bad. They're giving up 164 yards a game on the ground, ranking dead last in the league, going up against Derrick Henry and the Titans offense that loves to run the football. Henry quietly has really come on in the last few weeks, and he's actually fourth in the NFL in rushing with 536 yards. Tennessee, after starting 0-2 and everyone just leaving them for dead, has actually won four straight and has looked really good defensively as well, particularly against the run. So when I, when I think about this matchup, I know it's on the road, and, and Houston's secondary has, has played a lot better than I think a lot of people give them credit for. But I just don't see how they can hold up against the Titans' rushing game and Derrick Henry and the way that he has come on. I feel like people are just underrating this Titans team. Don't forget, they were the number one seed in the AFC for a reason last year. They're a physical football team that likes to impose their will, and they're playing a team that allows you to do that to them. So I don't see much of a reason why Tennessee doesn't win and cover the one and a half. I'm happy to lay these one and a half points. Take the Titans. You should be happy come Monday. All right. How about we go over from the AFC South? Let's move on to the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons at home playing the Carolina Panthers. Falcons are giving them four and a half over under sitting at 41 and a half. Now, when you look at this game, Atlanta outside of last week, they had actually covered the spread each of the first six weeks this season. When they lost to Cincinnati last week, 35, 17, it was the first time they didn't cover. I actually don't like them to cover here. I, I want the points. I don't trust the Falcons to score points in this game. Uh, the under is a sneaky good play here as well. Carolina's coming off a 21-3 thrashing of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And similar to the Houston Texans, the Panthers' secondary has not been getting the credit it deserves. They've actually played very, very well this year. You can run on them a bit, but I don't think Atlanta is able to run the football. And this year, when we've seen teams that can be run on, face teams that have shown an inability to run the football. It's the offense that continues to struggle. So I don't expect Tyler Algeyer or however he pronounces his name to do a heck of a lot for Atlanta on the ground in giving four and a half against a team that's feeling pretty good about themselves in the Carolina Panthers right now. And then let's not forget, we finally got a DJ Moore sighting last week. People have been wondering where he went. You know, he got bakered. It happened to OBJ and, and it happened to DJ Moore, unfortunately, this year. And as someone that drafted DJ Moore in one of my leagues this year in fantasy, I, I was really disappointed and I should have known better. Uh, but with Baker Mayfield out of the way, PJ Walker actually did a very good job getting him the football last week. He had a monstrous 50% target share. Now, I don't expect him to force feed the ball to DJ Moore that often, 
but going against a Falcon secondary that is absolutely atrocious. They're giving up 317 pass yards a game. It's most in the NFL, and it's not even close. I think the, the 31st-ranked team is giving up like 295. So, I mean, you can throw the ball all over the yard. So I expect P.J. Walker to find some, some success through the air, and that should be enough for them to keep it close and cover the four and a half. Give me the points. Give me the Panthers. All right, now let's take a look at one of the best games of the week, unless you're a Rams fan, of course. The Niners going into Los Angeles. They're giving the Rams one and a half. You know, plenty has been made over the uh, Kyle Shanahan ownership of Sean McVay over the last handful of years. The Niners have won seven straight games in the regular season against the Rams. Their only loss to them was, albeit the most important game that they've actually played, which was the NFC Championship game last year. But even then, in Los Angeles, the Niners held a lead with a, just a couple minutes remaining in that game. Uh, so we know that when these teams face off, the Niners have their number. But there's a lot more reasons to like the Niners coming into this game. Yes, the Rams are they're coming off a bye. They're getting a little bit healthier. And we finally got to see Matthew Stafford involve Allen Robinson in the offense last week. So you would hope that that continues this week and that can take a little bit of pressure off Cooper Cup. But with Cam Akers gone, the offensive line has not been fixed. You don't just fix an offensive line during a bye week when guys are, are hurt or you just don't have the players. Offensive linemen don't grow on trees in free agency or a, via making a trade. So I don't expect the Rams to be able to run the ball well against this Niners front. And that's going to put so much more pressure on Stafford, who has been prone to turning the ball over once again this year. He's been under duress seemingly every drop back. And this Niners defense is getting healthier. Uh, so knowing they have almost all their starters back on that side of the ball, I fully expect them to be able to hold the Rams offense in check. Meanwhile, now the, the Niners offense with Christian McCaffrey having a full week of practice to be fully integrated into the, the system and have plenty of time to actually study the playbook and know more of the plays. He was very limited. You know, they, they traded for him on Thursday last week. And despite that, with only two days of prep, he still was able to make an impact in the game in the loss to the Chiefs this past week. Um, but this Rams team is not that Chiefs team. This Rams offense is not that, that Chiefs offense. So I have a hard time seeing how the Rams are going to be able to match the physicality and Overall, the explosiveness that the Niners offense is going to bring to the table with CMC and how much easier it's going to make for everyone else. So I'm happy to lay the one and a half, take the Niners. There's little reason to think that they don't continue to dominate this series. All right, now I want to go into the Western New York for the Buffalo Bills, giving 10 and a half to the Green Bay Packers. You know, at the beginning of the season, when we looked at the schedule and we saw that these two were playing, we thought this was going to be an outstanding matchup, maybe one of the best games of the year. Well, coming into week eight, it appears like this might be one of the most lopsided games of the year. The Bills, so far at home, they've only played at home twice this year. They have outscored their opponents 79-3. to Let me repeat that. They've outscored their opponents 79-3. to Now, granted, the teams that they played were the Tennessee Titans, who are now 4-2, and two, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 2-4. and four. So they haven't played the toughest competition. But is Green Bay that difficult? I think there's a reason why the Packers are such massive underdogs. It's because they're not a very good football team right now. 
There's discord in the locker room. You have Aaron Rodgers calling out his teammates, calling out his coach during the course of the week. Clearly, there's some issues there. And everyone expected the Packers to be a solid running team that plays good defense this year. Well, the defense apparently was overrated because they have not been very good this year. They're middle of the pack in most statistical categories, and they flat out can't run the football. A.J. Dillon, where are you? Uh, Seemingly every week, he gets 10, 12 carries for 25, 30 yards, and that's about his day. Um, You know, Aaron Jones is having a solid campaign this year, but most of that is coming out of the backfield because Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust any of his wide receivers to run the right route or to catch the football, to be honest. Um, So knowing all that, I just don't see how Green Bay even stays in this game. The Bills, don't forget, when the Bills lost their only game of the year against the Dolphins, they were down five defensive starters that game. They have four of them back. So they have 10 of 11 starters on defense. The only one they don't have is Micah Hyde, the safety, who's out for the year. They're not going to get him back. But they even showed over the couple of weeks without some of those defensive starters that they have depth on defense as well because they still did an excellent job. They held Patrick Mahomes to 20 points in Kansas City last a couple of weeks ago before their bye, uh, yeah, which is another reason to love the Bills. They have a, an extra week of preparation coming into this game There are so many reasons to think that the Bills are going to blow out the Packers. And so far in their two home games, we told you on this show, lay the points with the Bills. They're going to cruise, and they've destroyed both of their opponents. I I think in the first half, the Packers' defense will play well and keep them in the game. But over the course of 60 minutes, there is just no way that this Packers' offense, that is, without Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard is banged up and questionable. And as of right now, he's on the wrong side of questionable. So Rogers is already down. Maybe his two most trusted receivers. And as we talked about, he doesn't trust almost anyone else. And you can't throw it to your running back 25 times in a game. So I just don't see how the Packers are going to score enough points to keep up with the bills over the course of a 60 minute game. I will lay the 10 and a half. It's a big number, but Buffalo has shown that they have the best knockout punch in the NFL, and they're going to knock the Packers out on Sunday. And finally, we go to Monday night football in an AFC North matchup that, you know, is very interesting in a lot of ways. The Bengals are, are traveling to Cleveland, you know, so a nice hour long drive. Um, and the Bengals are giving Cleveland three points. Now, when you look at this game on its face, you might wonder why are the Bengals only favored by three. They, they've won four or five after starting 0-2, and, and they're playing really, really well. They've scored 65 points over the last two weeks, so the offense seems to have figured things out. And meanwhile, the Browns, you know, they, they were 2-1 and one at one point. They've lost four straight. They're 2-5. and five. Their offense has not looked very good. But for whatever reason, the Browns tend to play very well against Cincinnati. They've beaten them. They, beat them. they swept them last year. Uh, and they've won seven of the last eight. They've actually won four straight over the last two years and won seven of the late last eight meetings. So I'm a little hesitant here to just lay the points on the road in Monday night football. But one thing I do feel pretty confident is that there's going to be plenty of points in this game. Like I talked about, the Bengals are scoring at will right now, and the Browns defense, which, albeit, has a lot of talent on the field, has not performed this year. They're giving up big plays on defense. They, I think they're third or fourth in the NFL in big plays allowed so far this year. And knowing the Bengals thrive on big plays offensively, and we've seen Tyler Boyd become 
you know, an integral part of this offense once again, a la a couple years ago. And we know what we have with Higgins and Chase on the outside. And it's made it really, really difficult for teams to guard all three of them. And now they're even using their, their tight end and Hayden Hurts pretty well. And Joe Mixon, albeit he hasn't been efficient running the football, he's being productive, whether it's catching passes out of the backfield. So I do think that the Bengals are going to score plenty of points. And the Browns have talent offensively. We've seen uh, Amari Cooper week in, week out, seemingly have pretty solid games. And he has a, a nice rapport with Jacoby Brissett. It's, it's kind of amazing that he's putting up the numbers that he has. And Nick Chubb obviously is a baller. You know what he brings to the table. So Cleveland's not going to roll over and die. The over-under sitting at 47. I really like this game to go into the 50s and maybe beyond. I could totally see this game being a 35-31 type game. So give me the over 47. I'll, I'll happily be rooting in, and expect to see plenty of points in that game. All right, so we've gone through five of the, the key games this weekend. Now I want to transition into Kendall's corner and give you first the lock of the week, which we talked about it already. It's the Niners. They're given one and a half at the Rams. Like I talked about, I just don't know how Los Angeles is going to figure out a way to protect Matthew Stafford. And we have seen this year and last year when he's under pressure, he tends to struggle and turns the ball over. This Niners defense is one of the best at getting to the quarterback. And offensively, there's they, they should be even more explosive than they already have been. And now you have three guys that you can run the ball with effectively between Jeff Wilson Jr., Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel. And Brandon Ayuk, the last handful of weeks, has really come alive in the passing game. So I just, they have too many weapons and too many players that can create big plays for them. And I just don't trust the Rams to be able to keep up. So if there's one game I really love at the line, I'll lay the one and a half with the Niners. You, you won't be sad by the end of that one. And now with the, the week five parlay, you know, I, I've talked at nauseum in Kendall's corner about sports betters looking at parlays the wrong way. A lot of, a lot of sports betters love to play parlays because of the odds that you get. But for the most part, parlays are sucker bets. They're known to be sucker bets. It is very, very difficult to hit parlays, but there's one caveat that most people don't realize. It's that if, you're playing the lines. It is extremely difficult to consistently or even semi-consistently hit parlays when you need two, three teams to cover a spread. But I don't look at it that way. I look at money lines. And if you take the Eagles to beat the Steelers, the Bills to beat the Packers, and the Cowboys to beat the Bears, and, and if you want, you can throw in the Niners um, that one, you know, I didn't include that in my parlay, the money line parlay this week. But if you did, if you felt confident with them, you're going to get plus 230. That's not bad considering the Eagles are undefeated coming off a bye playing a Steelers team that, as we all know, is not very good. I talked about the Bills and the fact that they should thrash the Packers. The Cowboys defense is going to beat the Bears alone. The Bears are coming off a short week playing at New England on Monday night football and played probably what will be their best game of the year. I don't give that offense much of a chance against this Cowboys defense. So the Eagles, Bills, and Cowboys alone, if you just take those money lines, you get even money on it. And I feel extremely confident that all three of those win. So again, when you're looking at parlays, don't play with the spread. 
play with money lines. Put three of them together, you'll get even money because almost every week we know two or three or four teams that are going to win on Sunday. Lock those in. That's Kendall's corner. This has been Kendall Caps for the Lay the Points podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.